The following is a Cast Wave Studios production. The Internet, the final frontier. Well, hello. On today's episode, we have Squatty Potty commercial. Uh, Billy West might be coming on the show. Uh, Amelia Clark is the sexiest woman alive. And uh, Cubs win. I think there's a certain movie predicted about that. You'll find out about uh, that and more. I'm Sean Holmes. I'm only going nowhere. I don't want to be a messenger I'll say this much, Sean. You're getting better. Yeah, slowly, slowly, <laughs> just, but surely. Just, just one, just one little minor trip up, but you know, it's, hey, yeah, it's it, you get one every episode. Yeah, he's a mumble. You're, you're just doing a little bit of mumble niece. Uh, Everybody mumble, gets one. I mumble. 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 I didn't write down. I just kind of came out of my head and yeah, on no, the microphone. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, Welcome to Boldly Going Nowhere yeah. podcast. Ears, listen. We got the podcast. We streamline. We streamline. It's. It's efficient this way. Get potato out of your and listen. Anyway. So, how's everyone doing this week? Uh, this is my fourth straight week of a cold. Oh, no. Oh. Have you been which taking would, emergency? Which would explain why I'm all the way over here. I'm sure you guys have been wondering. I got oh, one. Oh, is that years. why you're that far back? I was mm-hmm. like... Uh, well, I'll say this much, Jordan. I mean, for a cold, you're looking well. No, oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, normally people are pale and sweaty, and... I mean, I'm normally pale and sweaty, but... <laughs> because I'm a fat ginger. What do you want? <laughs> but anyway, aside from the point, you look wonderful. Oh, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. So Fair. do you, I, by the usual metrics that I have to measure such things. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Shucks. Anyway, so we got a lot to talk about on the show tonight. Billy West might be joining us later on this afternoon, or it might be a separate recording, which we'll tack in. We don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, that's why I said, like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe like, Billy West will be on the show. <laughs> maybe live. Maybe, maybe pre-recorded. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah, he could come spot in any one of our... Anything could happen. It, anything could happen. This is live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like what, what, uh, what happens when you press the history eraser button. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Maybe something bad. Maybe something, something good. good. <laughs> or worse. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. So a, couple, a lot of funny things happened this week. Uh, first on my list... Let's let's talk about a little product called the Squatty Potty. Oh yes, what's that? The Squatty Potty. Well, you know what? It's just not fair. I think, Sean, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna pull it up on this end. I'm gonna let you play the audio though. Yeah, th- this is this is the uh, commercial for the Squatty Potty. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals are. I'll oh, just explain this. In yeah, advance. actually, don't start it yet. Just let me know when you're gonna start it, and then I'm gonna so he can see the video on this end. Okay. And Jordan. Yeah, I'm, I'm at zero zero. At, at, at it's the one with the you with the unicorn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, oh ready? Oh God. Are you ready? Wait. Well. Just mute mute your your yeah, sort of I, know, I, know, I, know. I mean, I really like Blade Runner. There was a unicorn in that, so. Yeah, not the same kind of unicorn, but yeah, yeah, not the same kind of unicorn, but you know, I can tilt it a little bit for Brian to watch, and then Jordan yeah. can watch on that. Mountain. Oh, by the way, hi guys, how's it going? Oh yeah, Brian's back, everyone. Yay! <laughs> it's a one-time yeah. only thing right now. But. Are you ready? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. 
It literally zero. starts uh, on that shot. All right, you're at zero? Yep. Um, it, it hung on the first second, and my heart's already, already <laughs> sinking. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. ready? The all right, ready? Three, three, two, one. This is where your ice cream comes from. <laughs> Creamy poop of a mystic unicorn. Totally clean, totally cool, and soft serve straight from a sphincter. Mmm, they're good at pooping. But you know who sucks at pooping? You do. That's because when you sit on a porcelain throne, this muscle gets a kink in the hose and stops the Ben and Jerry's from sliding out smoothly. Is that a problem? I don't know, are hemorrhoids a problem? Because sitting at this angle can cause hemorrhoids, bloating, constipation, and a buttload of other crap. I'm seriously, sorry, unicorn I hemorrhoids? can't take science seriously when there's a unicorn shitting. Okay. Now, are, are you sure this isn't a college humor episode or something? Can you guys at home imagine the floppy hat this guy's wearing? That's his hair, dude. Oh. No, squatty potty is not a joke. And yes, it will give you the best poop of your life, guaranteed. I don't just mean you bloated lords and hemorrhoidal ladies. I mean everyone. King, unkink. King, unkink. So basically, it's an ottoman that you that you uh, Can't get the last lean on when you're on the, the toilet. Yeah. I mean, here, you're you imagining it was a toilet you could like put <laughs> into your pants. No, no, no. This, yeah, basically, is just a it's a, it's a a footstool that wraps around the base of your toilet so that you can put your legs up and so your body adjusts to the correct angle or what they claim is the correct angle for you to poop at. Yeah, I actually have. I, I do recall seeing that cracked article that, that says that, that we're that we're pooping at the wrong end. Uh, yes. We're sitting at the wrong angle on uh, on toilets. So. So if you're a human being who poops from your butt. Click here to order your Squatty Potty today at SquattyPotty.com. You wish you tried it years ago. And if you don't trust the prince, how about your doctor? Shark Tank, Half Post, NBR, Men's Health, Howard Stern. He poops from his butt. Yes, he does. They're all crazy about the Squatty Potty. He does have to mention the 2,000 Amazon users who gave the Squatty Potty five stars, including the author of this moving haiku. Oh, Squatty Potty, you fill me with endless joy. Yet leave me empty. So order your Squatty Potty today. I'm not saying it will make your poop as soft as this cookies and cream. But I'm not saying it won't. Squatty Potty. The stool for better stool. <sighs> Pooping will never be the same. And neither will ice cream. <laughs> Are you sure that's his hair? It's his hair. Is that wow. delicious? I'm the sure he's wearing a wig or something, but that's supposed to be hair, not a hat. I promise. There you are. Okay, so he's basically wiping down a bunch of children's faces now. They've, um... <laughs> and none of the children seem upset that they're eating excrement from a unicorn's butt. The only, the only question I have to ask myself is, what would my reaction to be, be like this if I was high? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I'm know. watching this sober, and I'm just like, I, uh, I'll, I'll say this much. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Let's, but let, let me go and let me go ahead and explain. I saw this on YouTube. God, no, it was. I saw a link for it on Facebook. Saw it on YouTube, and I immediately was like, I need to buy one of these. <laughs> the commercial wowed me over that quickly. And here's the thing: I'm not one for shit like this. Uh, but now you are. I wasn't even intending for shit, the pun, shit like but. This. I wasn't even intending the pun, but there it is. All right, so I was not expecting to be like. So I watched the commercial and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta buy one." And I mentioned this. And here's the funny thing, right? 
Colin avid shitter. <laughs> so I show it to Sean. Career shitter and mesh. I show it to Sean, and Sean loves it too because Sean's laughing his ass off like he always does. And stuff like this. And so we both resolve we're buying squatty bodies. Okay. Okay. But here's the great thing, Sean. I didn't get to tell you this last night. All right. So. Oh yeah, your, your evening. Yeah. No, let me let me tell you this. Let me let me tell you this. We had an entire itinerary planned out for this thing. <laughs> the funny thing was, we actually were planning like on doing like a uh, a uh, unboxing, a, a B, I guess, a BGN version of buying a squatty potty. And I told Sean because we found out they sell them at the Bed Bath and Beyond in town, right? Well, so Liz and I went in there because apparently Liz had heard about this before this commercial had come out, and Liz really, really wanted a squatty potty. And I, I can't, I can't imagine. You can't imagine the look on my face when my girlfriend tells me, "Oh, you wanted a squatty potty? I want a squatty potty, but I never had. To, like, I couldn't tell you because I thought you would make fun of me." I was like, "No, <laughs> that just makes me love you all the more. <laughs> you have no idea. Our love is tempered in shit." <laughs> mm. <laughs> there you go. Nice sitting down. No, stop that. Yes. We will forever be linked. Oh, God. Via Squatty Potty. Uh, but no, Squatty Potty. I, I tried it out. It works. It yeah. works. I, I, it works for me. Word. Yeah. You seem, you seem I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really need to go into the like the yeah. details, do well, I? It's, it seems no. like... Uh, I mean, I will say one thing, because I, I got to try it as well. Um, the pants are an issue. Like, Yeah. The, it, if you're wearing pants, it's you have they're around your ankles and they're up yeah. in the air, and it's sort of like twist situation. Well, it seems like, like uh, you don't have much. Let me put it this way: know, shit holding you back, you know. No, it's just like take the pants off before you use it. It's yeah. a simple solution. Let me put it this way: um, I my 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 wallet almost fell into the toilet the first time I did it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> that just shows how ill prepared you are for bathroom time. <laughs> for a squatty potty. Mmm, squatty potty. Oh yes. Yes, indeed. I'm just gonna use my stool. They should they should uh, sell like a like, like a unicorn shaped pant rack for you to put those on. Now see, yeah, that's a perfect cross promotional item right there. Yeah. Like put like a like a what do you call it? One of those 3M stick tabs. Just put it up in your bathroom. Just hang your pants up on top of it. Yep. Why didn't anybody think of that? That would have been the perfect. The pants Sean, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Perfect. Oh, I swear, a long time ago, I saw a T-shirt on Split Reason about unicorns. Uh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, live and in person, Billy West. Let's see here. If we... Hello. Hi, it's Billy West. Hello, Mr. West. How are you today? Good, good. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you actually catch cool. us at a very opportune time. We had just finished a segment up, and so uh, we have you live recording at mm-hmm. the moment. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us today. Um, Obviously, for those of you who are not aware who Billy West is, and if you don't, why don't you? Billy West West is probably one of the finest examples of voice actors of the last 20 years, especially to us, because we grew up with Ren and Stimpy, which Mm -hmm. we pays Stimpy, and Ren... Well, the third season onwards, which I did not know mm-hmm. up until fairly recently. Um, actually, after the first season. It was after the first season? Hmm. Yeah, I did both voices. Wow. I just, I mean, that's it's amazing. I mean, I literally could not tell the difference between you and the <laughs> series creator, John Chris, uh, Chris Lux. 
Chris Felusi. Is it Chris Felusi? Crick Felusi. Sorry, I apologize. Is it Crick Felusi, sir? You see Regina, and I say, no, never mind. <laughs> Precisely. Never mind. <laughs> well played, sir. Hey, no. You guys are picking the pepper out of ant shit. You want to talk? Work on pronunciation. <laughs> Well, uh, again, for those of you who are, uh, we're talking with Billy West, and so, uh, first question I always have to ask, just whenever we interview yeah. a voice actor, uh, the first question is, obviously, uh, with voice acting going back as far as, you know, the first talkies, you know, cartoons of the late 40s, who would you say was an inspiration to you personally to get you going into this, uh, this profession? Uh, the voiceover stuff. Yes. Uh, it would have to be, it would have to be Mel Blanc. Mm -hmm. um, Daz Butler, uh, June Pere, and Don Nessick. Mm. They sort of ruled my universe, you know, especially Mel, uh, because he, he could act, you know. He wasn't just a collection of witty little voices. I mean, he could act his ass off on every character he ever did, and that's, you know, that's a big... That was always a big goal of mine, is could I ever create a character and just you know, keep spiking it and nailing it every time and and do a few more while I'm doing that one and doing the same thing. Uh, that was a kind of a goal, and, you know, I've had the chance to do it over and over over the years, so uh, I was lucky that way. I met him once. I met Mel Blanc. Oh, wow, really? What, mm -hmm. what was that like? Um, it was in Boston, and I happened to look in the paper. It was no big deal. I happened to just see it, and it said Mel Blanc will be um, performing on stage at Clark University in Worcester, Mass. So I begged, borrowed, and stole a ride to get out there. And, you know, we saw him. There he was. He was the guy. You know, he came out and he started talking, and it was so exciting, you know, to hear this stuff right in front of me. And then when he was done, he said, uh, you know, if you have any questions, you want to ask me uh, anything, just line up over there. And all of a sudden, I started, like, body slamming and checking people into the boards, the little kids and everything, just I could get up there. And I didn't realize what I was doing. And he yelled at me. He said, could you let the little kids go first? <laughs> oh, well, how old were you at the time when you did this? I was, um, I was probably close to 30. I was probably, I know what I was. I was, like, 31, something like that, 32. I just, I mean, the thing is, I mean, yeah, I'm about that age now, and if I ever, if I had gotten the chance to see Mel Blanc at that point, I'd probably do these, I'd be probably checking toddlers left mm -hmm. and right to get up there. Yeah, Well, sir, did you suppose that, that uh, Mr. Blank ha had any idea in his mind that day that you would basically go on to take all of his jobs with the Looney Tunes? Oh, no, I doubt it. I, I mean, it didn't <laughs> take every one of them, you know, there's a bunch of guys that do stuff, um... I did Bug Funny for like 10 years or so, and, you know, and they have different guys do it every turn of the corner, you know, I had a good long run with it, and I did Space Jam, and, uh, you know, and I did the Looney Tunes show, um, early, early on, I think, but the guy who does Bugs now is Jeff Bergman, and he's just brilliant, I know him, and I love him, and I think he's an unbelievable technician, um, I'm still doing Elmer Fred for, you know, for Warner Brothers. And there was a Geico commercial, 
you know, Geico Insurance. Mm-hmm. And it opens up, and it looks exactly like a 1940s Warner Brothers cartoon with Elmer Fudd walking through the woods. Shh, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Ah! <laughs> Director goes, Oh, oh my God, I'm so happy. Uh, Elmer, I think that's rabbits. Rabbits. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's his rabbit. He's like, Mr. Wuffy is starting to whoop me the wrong way. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I just love when I get to talk to people like this and I just regress to an inner child because that's just, mm-hmm. oh, that takes me back. Uh, yeah, and I got to work with Michael Jordan too, Doc. The closest thing to a religious figure that we have. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you were you were Bugs Bunny in you were Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, love that uh, movie. It was great to do that. Um, I I thought it was really great. I did Elmer Fudd in the second Looney Tunes movie called Back in Action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I and I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, but as as usually I do. I mean. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I can go and do what I really love doing. And you don't always get the edgy, punky project, you know, or the cultural phenomenon. You have no idea what you're doing, where it's going to go after you've done it. Mm-hmm. And you've got to wait till people, you know, go crazy over it or, or not. And um, so you don't always get the edgy, you know, job like that. I mean, I, I could be like a talking bottle of bleach one day and then, you know, Mm-hmm. A weatherman, or an astronaut, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, watermelon number two. Well, such as oil number eight. You know. Well, uh, sir, I'm not sure if you've ever been on your IMDb page, but uh, that but that website is just in love with Futurama. I, I I really liked how your your um your page starts out with by saying that Billy West is most well known for projects such as Futurama and Futurama Bender's Big Score. And Futurama Bender's Game, and Futurama Into the Green, the Wild Green Yonder. And it's like it seems to be all. That's all that IMDb cares about, really. What do you mean? It just went on and on and on. Uh, pretty much, yes. It's yeah. The first paragraph. Oh, list. As long as I'm not on WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of the for you know, for people who you know you're in trouble writing about you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for those who might not uh, know this, um, and I, we were doing some research, you actually got your start originally in radio, and you uh, were in uh, radio stations in the uh, let's see, uh, early '80s, and in Boston, yes. and then you moved on to the Howard Stern show when he was at uh, K Rock Radio. Yes, I did. Um, I was in bands for years. I played music. I was a guitar player and a singer, and you know, I mean, it was so much fun and everything. It was kind of a self-destructive life, and you know, it left me with a couple of scars, but, you know, I got through it. But um, when I cleaned up, I was working in radio during that time in Boston. You know, I got to, it was a playground. I got to do pretty much what I wanted. I'd come in in the morning, and, and you know, I'd always see that blank sheet of paper, and that's like God's way of telling you how hard his job is. You know, just create something from nothing. Go ahead, wise guy, go do it. And um, so I had to write stuff and... and record it and splice it together and do all the voices, you know, like even the female voices, because we didn't have any actresses at the radio station. And, um, you know, I mean, I really cut my teeth on that stuff. It was like boot camp. Yeah, and I, I well, right before we actually started the episode, we were actually listening to one of your bits, and it was uh, your 
you were on Howard Stern as uh, Johnny Carson just after. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I've never heard a more oh, right. Johnny Carson impression. Never in my life. Well, you know, everybody did it at one point, and, and I just felt weird, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to you know, jump on the bandwagon, and now I'm going to do it. But, but we had a pretty good idea. And Johnny Carson was a real curmudgeon, so I didn't do the standard Tonight Show stuff. I, I was, like, talking as if I were in my bathrobe, cutting farts and having coffee. <laughs> I, that definitely came through. I was, I, we were cracking, we oh, were cracking up. Yeah, it was great. Oh. <laughs> we, were, no, we were doubled over laughing over here. We were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's so funny. You know, I really, really enjoyed doing the show and even though it was like unbelievably edgy at the time and you know we were getting away with so much stuff but but somehow it was always um you know not out and not crossing the line all that much mm-hmm. and uh he was a master at being a dance around the line mm-hmm. and you know and i would take cues from him and uh you know i did the lucille ball thing that was probably the first thing i ever did on the stern show which is, um, she was in the hospital dying, and I was doing a Lucy impression for Stern, and he said, I'm going to call you tomorrow. We're going to do that bit. I'm going to call you at the hospital. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, was in my, I was sitting in my living room, and I'm like, hello? Yeah. <laughs> Coughing, buttering. Okay. <laughs> and, Gilbert, and Gilbert Gottfried, Gilbert Gottfried was... Yes there with them live and I could hear them screaming and laughing and yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I can imagine that oh man well I always I always loved Gilbert you know I mean uh, you know I know him uh, he's just to me he was always just brilliant and fearless oh god now you were, you were talking about Lucille Ball and actually that actually oh, leads yeah, me that, to, uh, yeah that actually leads me to a point I wanted to ask uh, so obviously you, you've done radio and Again, Howard Stern was definitely like on the cutting edge of you know where it was socially acceptable to go in that medium. I don't think anybody, nobody's touched that level since. You no, know? no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And I got out when it was pretty much at its peak, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the 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 guy who's on the is on a local radio station here, DC one hundred and one. I feel like he really tr- he really wants to. Yeah. Is like every time I drive to work and I turn on the radio, he's like, "Hey, I, I, um, I, I, I want to hear somebody call in if you've ever been sung uh, sung by a scorpion on your dick." Yeah. And then I go to the other. Yeah, side right. Yeah, it can't, it can't hold a candle to him. Like, man. yeah, it's 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 eight o'clock. It's a little early well, for that right now. But, but the thing is, is there's no substance and there's no content if you want to just say swear words and stuff and be dirty. Exactly. I mean that stuff is so passe. I mean, I work I work dirtier than anybody on the radio. And got away with it, but the thing is, is that's that's passe. I mean, it was great. It's a time capsule, but you know, things are different today. You don't need to have profanity to have a good time. Like my podcast, BillyWest mm-hmm. dot com. Yes. Um, I didn't want to be dirty, and I didn't want to talk about politics or religion or any of that stuff. So it leaves you with not much when you think about it. If you're going to comment on today's times and all that stuff, but. It's just, it's unbelievably silly. It's just so silly, it's unbelievable. And I got to channel all this passion and uh, inspiration that I've always had because I miss radio. Mm-hmm. And I especially miss the way it sounded when I was a little kid. You know, we were catching the end of the 40s, 
radio shows that were drama, and they had, you know, episodes, chapters. and The serials. You know, it was drama, comedy, music, everything, and I tried to put all that into my podcast. Well, and actually, so um, one of the questions that we wanted to ask is, obviously, you, you've done all the voiceover work that you've done, and then you've also done radio, so you've done sort of polar opposites throughout your career. Yeah. And so it seems like you're, you're sort of more leaning back to, like, you enjoy radio, say, more than the voiceover work. Would you say that's accurate, or...? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that I really, really miss doing is that, you know, going in with a bunch of ideas and just doing it. You didn't have to wait for something to be approved or animated, and it takes so damn long, that process. But radio was beautiful, and, and I'm applying it to podcasts, too. Um, I wanted it to be like a cartoon for your ears, you know what I mean? And we didn't have to animate anything. It's just, if you sit down and listen to it, like people did in the old days, it's very rich. It, it can be so colorful. We just lost touch with what, you know, what was possible in radio. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's run by my, myopic, niggling little program directors, you know? that suck the air out of anything creative, and mm-hmm. so radio kind of stalled out for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've had the chance to be on, like, the biggest show ever, the greatest show on Earth, as far as we're concerned, and the rest of the world. Um, but I left it at a, at a time when it was they were kind of at a high point, and I, I, and I just figured that, you know, it's never going to be about me, and i, I got to go, you know, go out by myself, and... It's cold out there alone. Let me warn you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some uh, questions from uh, some of our listeners. Uh, one of them being uh, in during a recording session, you know, moving back in the like, kind of the voiceover uh, area. Do you have a specific mm-hmm. routine, a warm up before you doing a recording session? Um, no, I'd love to say that I do, but I saw. Um, a guy who works with voice like he was a voice builder. He wasn't like a singing teacher or teaching you to act. He had exercises. And I did a bunch of them because there was a point where my throat was missing. It was like in my ankle somewhere and I couldn't dial it up. Um, it started with having the flu for like four weeks and then one of my vocal cords just sucked up into itself or something. And I, I was operating with one vocal cord during Futurama and I was sweating bullets because the Nothing was landing where I was throwing it, and it seemed wild, but nobody seemed to have a problem with it, and here I am sweating to death in the boots, thinking that I sound like homemade shit. Um, but it, it wasn't the case. Um, but I have a standard, and if I hear anything different from what I hear in my head, I go nuts, you know, i got to get it right. Uh, it's, it's good to have um, kind of a perfectionist way of, uh, of dealing with it. Yeah, but I, I didn't want to bring too much science to the voice thing, the whole thing. I mean, I know the diagrams and the layouts and the parts of it and everything and what you're supposed to be able to do and what you're, what's impossible to do. And I didn't want to know those things because if I knew the rules, um, you know, I'd be hesitant to, to break them. You know what I mean? So to me, there's no rules. It's just whatever works, works. Uh, so i got a question for you. Um, yeah. Certainly you've done a lot of shows that have um, giant fan bases and... Um, certainly you've been to plenty of conventions. What are some of the best fan theories that you've ever heard about these shows ever? Like, people just come up and say, you know what, no, I've got this about a certain show. Um, let's see. 
I don't know. It's, it seems to be the ones like Diamonds. They both became like cultural uh, influencers, you know, like like cult status, and uh, and seemed so edgy and was above, kind of above or uh, elevated beyond the normal standard fare that was going on in either case. Um, everybody copied Ren and Stimpy after that came out. Yeah. Because um, it had that retro-y look, you know, and uh, cartoons sort of looked like that at one point, and then we drifted away from it. And, you know, and um, all the uh, violence was taken out of them and everything, and uh, that's where they went wrong. I mean, it's supposed to be like that. And, you know, I was never influenced by a cartoon to hit my uncle in the head with a mallet, ever. You know, because I just knew better. Children are born learning machines. It's us who F them up. You know, they, they know inherently what's good and what you shouldn't do. Um, nobody seems to think that anymore. Hmm. But they use the TV as a babysitter. Um, it never occurred to me to set my own house on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now they're blaming, you know, when the house is on fire. It's like, well, you know, because the kid, you know, he, he had bad influences and, uh, he was being taught the wrong crap on television. And I never bought that. Well, let me ask you, you know, this. I mean, I see these kids. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. You, you finish. I'll just help. Oh, I was going to say, I see these these parents at malls and stuff. And, you know, they're walking in front of their little kids, and the little kids are looking up and, and witnessing in real time how mommy and daddy solve a conflict. You shut up. No, you shut up. You quit it. No, you quit it. I didn't. If you did, you know. And the little kids are just learning how infantilized adults, um, you know, that's what it seems to be out there, like infantilized adults. I mean, funny enough, so, yeah, funny enough, I was, actually at no, the, I was actually at the mall the other day, and I actually saw two grown adults, and one of them was dragging the other out of a toy store, and he's like, man, you treat me like a child. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? Like, they got into the yeah. argument like that. Well, like, I was like, really? Well, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're raised in this period of time where you got a trophy because you took a dump, <laughs> you know, or this fat, this fat fail system, like, you know, the kid can do no wrong, he's like baby Jesus, and he doesn't know the word no, you're going to raise a little hit man. And here's like, the like a dog. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's people running around that are young, you know, in their 20s and stuff. And they're like empaths. Some of them have no feelings for anybody, have no remorse or anything for anything they did. They won't own it. They won't be responsible for anything. And they'll talk like Donald Trump to get out of it. Mm -hmm. No, understand me. Trust me. Trust me, dude. I already know these things. Okay, dude? You know. (laughs) I'm not talking to one person. I'm talking to a sociopath that only learned how to live life by watching TV and movies. And I feel like I'm talking to a character in a movie or a TV show and not someone genuine who can think on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary, but I've also <laughs> met lots of kids that like way ahead of the curve, like the old soul thing. Mm-hmm. Where they, they seem, they're young, but they seem to have been born at 40 years old. Because <laughs> they have a memory of shit that came before them and they were, you know, inspired and, and passionate about stuff and they they had to think because most of them were geeks, you know. I mean, it might it might be cool to be a geek now, but it wasn't 50 years ago when he tried it. I mean, back then, it was like if they saw you were interested in anything besides the 
stupid stuff that was immediate on, on everybody's mind and you seemed a little weird or different, they'd circle the wagons around you. You know, and I had like one and a half friends. I heard there was a kid across town that had comic books. I didn't even know where he lived and I sussed him out like a bloodhound somehow long distance, like a carrier pigeon. Uh-huh. A homing pigeon. I went and found him. <laughs> and, uh, I used to share comic books with them, and we used to talk about it. You know, that kids do now. Um, but back then, it was like, you know, those books were considered jokes. You know, like, like, uh, filler. And uh, they were not legit. Nothing was legit. Mad Magazine was not legit. Meanwhile, our greatest humorists and greatest comic performers were influenced by Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Mad Magazine. <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was nothing funnier. And I still get a laugh out of it. I'll go pick it up when I'm feeling like kind of blue. And I know that I'll get a belly laugh out of reading something and looking at a picture. And uh, that makes me really happy. And I love going to the conventions because I lived in that world, you know? I mean, I was kind of a loner and I felt disenfranchised. and You know, and I just try to read as many books as I could and learn as much as I could on my own. Yeah, so I could formulate a thought when somebody needed to hear it from me. Yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you this. So, obviously, you just mm-hmm. were up to episode eight or nine of the Billy West podcast. Eight? No, not quite. We're going to put up seven okay. uh, next week. All right, so let me ask you this. So, what was the... You mentioned earlier, like, a love of radio and, you know, a lack of thereof fairly recently, so is was that the impetus to bring you to the Billy West podcast? To do to do the um, podcast? Yes, because on podcasts, I didn't want to be another guy that was interviewing his comedian friends on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't see a whole lot of entertainment value in that since, since it's so common. You know, I wanted to do something that wasn't being done, and it's something like I'm doing now. Uh, there wasn't anything like it on a podcast, and you know, I just wanted it to be loaded with some kind of entertainment, so it'd be something for everybody on every level to enjoy. And so, are you, is your format like? Are you trying to hearken more back to those the serials that you were listening to as a child? Is that is that is yeah, that those, the, the format you yeah, were going with? Those big dumb announcements. Yeah, those big dumb announcers, you know. And now it's time for the Billy West podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, cheesy old, uh, you know, bits and, you know, but they're funny. They're they're actually, you know, of now. I mean, you can understand the sense of humor that's going throughout it. And I didn't want to put in too many political lessons or, uh, you know, arcs to my story to make people think. I just wanted to see if people would just listen to it and feel silly as I did uh, doing it. Uh, Mr. West, um, if I may, I'd like to take this, yeah. uh, like to take this opportunity to um, ask you about a, a specific, uh, rel- rel- relatively short-lived project that you had uh, that's of uh, that's close to my heart, um, the uh, the Weird Al show. Oh yeah, I uh, um, um, I cut an episode of uh, I have a video review show on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it, it, you know. Uh, I, I've just been, I've, I've had to talk about the Weird Al show. I'm fascinated by it because I was I, I around uh, when that show was on the air, like back in '97 or so. I was about as big a fan of Weird Al like, as I could ever hope to be, and I yes. I loved the fact that it wasn't until like 
10 or 11 years later that I saw the Weird Al show uh, DVD on the uh, on a shelf at a store, and that was the first I'd ever heard. Yeah. That was the first I'd ever heard of the Weird Al show. Doesn't that make you nuts that you hadn't heard it, and eventually mm -hmm. no one remembers it? You feel like you had a fever dream, and you're trying to explain mm -hmm. that this was real, and that it ran on TV, and they're like, "Nah, never heard of it." No, no, no. I'm a parody guy. Yeah, man. I, I I remember on the on, on one of his albums, I think it was Running with Scissors. He actually had the one of the tracks was the weird. It was the theme song. The Weird Al show theme, and I swear to you, for a decade, I I, I thought that that, that 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 was just him saying like, oh, if I had a Pee Wee's Playhouse play, Playhouse style kid show, this is what the theme would be. I didn't think he actually had the show to go with the theme. That just that just seemed like something that that he would do, right? But so, it's so it's so fresh, and it's um, it's taking chances. And he's never afraid of doing that. And I I know the guy. I love him. I mean, worked with him, and I've loved his work, you know, since way, way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, he asked me if I would be on that show, and we did some, like, cartoon-type things. Mm-hmm. Yep, you were, um, you were Harvey... You were a little animated. Right, you were, you were Harvey yeah. Underhamster, and actually, I'm pretty sure you were, I'm pretty sure you were every character in the in the Fat Man segments other than the Fat Man himself. Yes, Fat Man, I did a lot of stuff in that, probably a villain or two, and did you, uh, I just had so much fun. Uh, 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 can you think of any, of any uh, stories from your time, from your brief time on the set? Uh, let's see. Uh, I just know that he had so much respect for other performers that when somebody would pop in and record some stuff, you know, he was just so thrilled. He was so grateful, and uh, he's a very gracious guy. And he and I think that he's absolutely brilliant. And he's like the third guy to come along in probably American culture history where in the old days there was a song parody guy named Spike Jones mm -hmm. and then in the 50s there was another guy named Stan Freeberg and he did song parodies that were coming out at that time like Elvis stuff was brand new and he would have a parody on the air um, and so there wasn't really anybody after that except for Weird Al and so he carries, to me, he carries that mantle, that torch, you know, and keeps it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I said that I, uh, for a long time, a long period of my life, I was never really much of a fan of music, like, at all. Um, especially not, right. especially not the, the, the top 40 stuff on the radio. But he, but, uh, but through him, through him making fun of, of the music I didn't appreciate, I learned, I learned to find the music that I did appreciate. That's and, right. Uh, you know what he teaches you? Don't take anything too seriously, including yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, um, and just one last aside, I can't help but, but think that uh, I don't believe I've ever heard your uh, your Lucille Ball impression, but I have heard uh, Tress McNeil's <laughs> I have heard Tress McNeil's Lucille Ball impression. Thanks to that. Thanks to that. It was uh, a that, weird that, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well. I did the old Lucille Ball in the hospital. You know. And she was when she was on her way out, and Stern called my house, and I was doing Lucy from Cedar Sinai Hospital. Why are you people bothering me? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> very dark, very dark. Thank you very much, sir. And, and uh, uh, Rocky, five. Name's Rocky. How's it going? Uh, just wanted to say. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Uh, just want to let you know, I uh, was one of the Gray Imposter M&M winners. 
from that competition years ago? Oh, were you? Yes, I was. <laughs> I got I didn't win the million, or I'd be where you are right now. <laughs> Voice acting's my life. Um, but I got uh, uh, like a six. Yeah, but guess what? Listen, the future's unwritten. You never know. That's you true. You got a clue as to what what will really <laughs> happen to you. No matter what you planned, the thing that was meant for you is going to grab you by the balls one day and take you with it. You better be ready. To me, my I've got a foot in the door. My dad is actually a clown, a magician clown. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've got the whole uh, spiel there. <laughs> magic was my thing. He got me into magic. And magic. Magic. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really an artistic. It's in your family. blood, huh? Yeah, it's, it's in your blood, you know. Oh, I know, but, and definitely art is like, my thing. You gotta, you gotta experiment and and see. What's doable? You know, I know there's millions of kids that want to be voiceover people, and I welcome it. Um, but the thing is, is eventually you have to be honest with yourself. You know, um, how good are you really? And can you take direction? And do you know how to read? You know, regarding the text and the subtext and what mm -hmm. words to emphasize, and how you do characters one after the exactly. other. Without, it's not all about oh, you, know, you made a neat, interesting voice. It's more like you got to be that character. You have to yeah. know how to. Speak angry, excited, all these different yeah. emotions. It's I, not just one simple, hey, hey, how's it yelling, everybody? Oh, like, I made a cool voice. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the best tips I ever got was, you know, like, my one friend, he was like, I can do voices. Um, like, because he was, I think he was talking to Vic Mignogna, and uh, he was like, I can do a great Yoda. So he's like, you know, doing the Yoda person, and Vic was just like, you know what? That's great. Somebody's already doing Yoda. Exactly. What you, you, you've got to be That's able, right. you know, You've got to be able to act. You know, you, you, it's not just can you do the voice. Can you actually, you know, embody what that person's going through right now, what they're feeling, what they're doing? And he's well, like, that, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm yeah, but I mean, it, it, uh, what? Oh, go no, go ahead. Um, I don't know. Delay. I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just have a random question, but it's for all those uh, famous movie. People out there, uh, what is your okay? Sorry, I just totally lost track. Um, what is your favorite movie for all those viewers? of all time? Of all time, okay. Um, it was a movie called Zot Z O T Z, and it was a William Castle film. He was the guy that did those really scary movies that you couldn't take too seriously. He did House on Haunted Hill and The Thing, you know, uh, The Tangler, rather. Oh uh, my God! You see those things. I was going to say that the House on a Hill was one of my all-time favorite movies. No joke. Oh yeah, he did that, and I know where it is out here. I saw it in California, but um, you know that's the movie he did called Zots, and it had Tom Poston in it, who was a college professor whose niece sent him uh, this charm that her boyfriend, an archaeologist, found in some country, and he was a professor of ancient languages, and he deciphered what was on this coin. And the minute he mentioned the name of the person that they worshipped, his name was Zach, all of a sudden he had these powers, you know, uh, and one of them was he could say Zach, and people would go into slow motion around him, and he'd still be in real time. Another um, one was that he pointed at someone, they would get like an unbelievable stomach ache, and then if he said Zach and pointed, he could kill you. Oh, wow. But I just love that movie. Love it. Love it. And uh, and 12 Angry Men is my other favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, definitely. All right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but a couple of things. Uh, if you uh, if people want to find you on the World Wide Web, where can we find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at um, eBillyWest, and um, I'm on Facebook, Billy West. And also, if you go to BillyWestPodcast.com, that's where all this stuff is that I've been doing about, that I've been doing recently. And, you know, I hope people will like it. They seem to. I mean, I haven't gotten any people shooting bullets at me, you know. Mm-hmm. And you could do much better than that. You're way beyond this, man. What are you doing? Selling out or what? You know, I mean, I'll listen to it all. I don't care. All right. And um, obviously, yeah, so obviously Billy West Podcast. Uh, and you said you're posting episode seven mm-hmm. soon? Yeah, we're going to have that up. And it's a... Uh, this one, I don't know how I'm going to top this one because it, it's just so loaded with stuff that's unbelievably good, you know. I mean, we, we're evolving since the first episode, and this one's tough to top, so it keeps me on my toes, though. All right. So we'll definitely post that. We'll post a link to that up along with the episode as well. Uh, we, uh, thank we'd like you. To, thank we'd, you. We'd like to thank you so much for coming out and uh, well, coming on and talking to us. It's been a real pleasure, sir. Well, I'm glad you invited me, and I thank you very, very much. Thanks to your listeners and the callers, too. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, sir, and uh, we will we will look our we'll look out for uh, episode seven of the Billy West podcast. Ooh, and there's a final one. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> thank you so much. You you have a good night. Thank you for coming on again. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. And that wow. just happened. <laughs> I just shit my wow. pants. <laughs> I have to say, he got really vulgar there towards the end. I'm glad, I'm glad you were there to bleep him out there, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you who don't, don't understand what's going on right now, the thing is, is that we were doing this interview via the telephone. Unfortunately... People were calling me on my phone, even though they knew I was doing this. And so. there was a delay. <laughs> no, there's not a delay. It's just... <laughs> well, on his side. No, no, no. I don't even think there's a delay on his side. I think it was just, we started talking, then he started talking. Yeah. Then we started talking, then he started talking, then we started talking. But, you know, it, it but, goes like that. But, but I love that he used the term gangbang. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> now, well, and the thing was, I just felt like a dick for interrupting. <laughs> oh, I that's why I was just like, I'm going to be quiet, ask my one question that that was giving yeah, me, right. and, and that's it. But yes, we'd like to thank <laughs> Billy West for coming on and talking to us. Uh, yes. I mean, again, that man was like like 40% of my childhood cartoon watch. Yes. So. Yeah. I'm having a pan attack right now. Are you, are you, are you a serious? pan attack. A pan attack? A pan attack. By the way, I heard that movie's not that good. Oh, no. What? Yeah, pan. I'm not. Oh, oh. Pan was panned. And it no, had Wolverine stop. in it. Okay. Hugh yeah, Jackman. All right, so, all right, so, where, where do I go from here? How are we gonna top that? No, well, all right, wait, all right, here we go. Um, I got, we got topics. I forgot. All right, so, <laughs> we have topics. I forgot. So, all right, all right. So we talked about the squatty potty. I can't believe we let off with squatty potty and then right into the Billy West interview. <laughs> oh, squatty potty! It was the squatty potty open for oh, Billy West. Jesus, <laughs> that would have been quick. So, how do you feel about the squatty potty? Uh, well, well, I was no. I was it's half amazing. nervous. I was half nervous that either you or I was going to ask that question. I knew for a fact that I wouldn't. But, yeah, uh, I know you. <laughs> okay, and I'm 50-50 pretty much. Gosh, yeah. fry, right. gosh, fry, you're an idiot. Jesus. No, I doesn't. 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, so. I see wiener. All right, anyway. Uh, so, some of the other topics we had tonight. Um, so, Esquire just put out their lists of who they consider the sexiest women alive. And top of the list was Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys Terrigan on uh, Game of Thrones. What, however you pronounce it, I don't care. <laughs> so she took the spot. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, she's very attractive, but sexiest mm-hmm. woman alive? Well, I mean, um, she's hot. Yeah. I just feel like it's because the new Terminator came out, you know. Really? Like, who do we pick? Okay, why not her? I mean... I and mean, Game of well, Thrones is, like, top of the charts. Well, I know, I know Game of Thrones is extremely popular right now, but... It's, again, I just don't know if... Well, who would you pick? <sighs> I know, that's a, that's a hard one. Mm. <laughs> Are we going to go around? So Yeah, nah. sure, why not? Okay. I'd, say, I'd say Eva Green. I'd say Chloe from uh, Kick-Ass. Oh, uh, or Chloe, Carrie. Chloe, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, or... Yeah. I don't remember okay. her name. I sure hope she's old enough now. She's, she is. <laughs> she's legal, apparently. All right. I guess... I hope. For your sake, Rocky. Otherwise, this has gotten awkward. <laughs> anyway, Jordan. Um, I mean, I, uh, I, I know she hasn't been in too much uh, high profile lately, but I, I'm still a Christina Hendricks fan. Okay. I, 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 remember, I remember her back in uh, Firefly. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Saffron. Thank uh, you. One of, the, one of the four names I think she went by. Mm-hmm. The, yes. Okay, episodes. I know you're talking about now. Yeah. Brian? It's a toss-up for me right now between, like, Emma Stone or Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Emma Stone. All the way. Actually, I just I just realized, I'd say between Eva Green and Rosario Dawson. Yeah? That's where I'm tied. Uh, I, yeah, I can see Rosario Dawson. I think Elizabeth Banks is pretty cute. Okay. Fair enough point. Not a bad answer around here at all. No. No, 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 no. Well... I think I can say that, that Mrs. Clark is now uh, completely justified in not appearing nude on Game of Thrones anymore because we're already in agreement that she's sexy. She doesn't have to prove it anymore. There you go. That is true. I mean, it's in her contract, so... Is it really? Yeah. That she's got to appear, appear nude? No, 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 that she won't appear nude ever again. Oh, good. She negotiated that. She was like, I'm not doing it anymore. And they're like, all right, fine. Cool. Here's all the money. Whatever. <laughs> Well, we all can't, the money. Well, we can't do the show without you, so oh well. Anyway, so fuck it, we'll do it clothed. All right, so did anybody? Did anybody? Anybody who follows sports news? Nope. The the Cubs won. <laughs> the Cubs won the National League Division Series. They they beat the Cardinals. Hey, uh, I got a a clip. Oh, really? Go sports. Hey, kid. I'm a hundred bucks. Will you help save the clock tower? I sorry, no. Come on, kid. That's an important historical landmark. Look, some other time. Lightning struck that thing 60 years ago. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series. Against Miami? Yeah, it's something, huh? Who would have thought? Hundreds of one shot. I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, put some money on the Cubs. I just meant Miami. What did you just say? I said I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season. Put some, some money, money on the, the cubbies. cubbies. Ugh. <laughs> the thing is, a lot of people are like freaking out about this because they say if the uh, if the Cubs do a get a streak in the ALCS, they, if they sweep, that means they will play the World Series 
within the time frame that Back to the Future 2 is set up nice. for. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, oh, crap. Because And I just realized that because Marty goes to the future on October 21st. 24th. No, 21st? Yeah. 21st, 2015, which means if they swept, they would, they would go on to do it. I'm like, oh, is it fate? I mean, maybe. Steve Bartman is, no, is allowed nowhere near the No, nowhere, he's not. No. Nowhere near the stage. God, no. Well, <laughs> well I, I, I knew there had to be something to, to come true from uh, uh, from Back to the Future 2. Yeah, we didn't and, get hoverboards. We didn't get hoverboards and... and uh, Flying yeah. cars. And, and I'm pretty sure that, that newspapers don't exist anymore, so, oh, so that's out as well. Actually, but. no. Actually, something <laughs> else is pointing out. Pepsi is making a Pepsi Perfect. They, yes, they They're did. They're making Pepsi Perfect, yeah. Nice. I mean, it's just going to be Pepsi, um, what is it, the Pepsi, the, the throwback Pepsi? That's yeah, it's going to be, with, but with, it's going to be. With real sugar. We should bring back Crystal Pepsi, Is it already in stores? No, Crystal. They're, they're no made, they announced it. And it's going to sell online for the little price of $20.15. Mm. See what they did there? Wait, are they, is that what they're really selling it for? Yeah. That's, wow, dicks. Yeah. <laughs> what assholes. You get the, you, just you to make a, a year reference. I'm. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I love soda, and I'm barely okay with spending $2 on it for a 2-liter. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20, 50, 20, 20 bucks well, for, for, like, a tw- for like a, what, a bottle? It's a collector's item, I guess. <laughs> so, Because they, they're only doing a limited run of them, so there you go. All right. So uh, what's the, what else is uh, uh, okay. In, in okay, the news? so this is something I've been wanting to talk about for a week, and Brian and I already talked about it, but so... Has anyone here heard the story of Jennifer Connell? What happened? Has anyone heard her story? No. Jennifer Connell is a is a 54-year-old woman who had her wrist broken by her nephew, who just, you know, hug-tackled her. Now, so, so okay. it was a tackling. I, I just heard about the hugging. It was it was a hug. She fell over. She broke her wrist. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So, but understand this. This happened in 2011, four years ago. Oh. So this year, she drug her nephew into court and sued him for negligence. She must have really hated him. She was seeking mm-hmm. one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars in damages. And I'm, I'm assuming the kid just turned 18, so yeah, I'm sure he has that line no, around. No, 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 the kid is 12. Oh, no. He was mind. 8 years old when he tackled her, he's 12 years old now. Uh-huh. You see, that's that's why I thought she was writing out the statute of limitations. She was waiting for him to become of legal age first, but... No, sorry. well... No, I'm sorry, it's just... Well, but that, well, that's what I get for trying to uh, prescribe some sort of common sense into this uh, topic. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. It's... Yeah. Interestingly enough, right? So, she he's 50 pounds, tackles, you know, hugs her, tips her over, breaks her, she breaks her wrist, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, she oh, doesn't she doesn't tell him the extent of her injuries. You know, like if you would like if obviously if you had had your wrist broken, you'd be like, "Ow, son of a bitch, my wrist is broken." Can you? Oh, anyway, so so the trial ended this week, and she did not win anything. Because obviously the judge and the jury were like, you crazy, okay? The kid is eight years old. Get the fuck out of my courtroom. I don't know what was mm-hmm. more... I don't and, know what was... And, and, and tonight, eight-year-olds across the nation celebrate by breaking their relatives' arms. Yep. 
<laughs> well, I just, I don't real, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. Like, okay, it happens. Yeah, your wrist is broken. That sucks. Have them pay your your doctor bill or something. Don't mm-hmm. don't sue them for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Which here's my thing. Her <sighs> Connell told the jury on Monday that the injuries have turned her life upside down. Oh God! This, Just this visual is reference in an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm air quoting mm-hmm. right now. She writes in the lawsuit that the injuries, losses, and harms to the Wait plaintiff, yeah, were caused by the negligence and carelessness of the minor defendant. In that a reasonable eight year old under those circumstances would know or should have known that a forceful greeting such as the one delivered could cause harms and losses suffered by the plaintiff. Ugh. And, like, she doesn't, she doesn't even, like, she's like, oh, I live in Manhattan, and it's just, it's so hard to get around, and I was at a party last week, and I couldn't hold up my hors d'oeuvre plate. She literally said this shit. This is on record, by the way. Yeah, this is this is in her she testimony. Was, okay, she I was, mean, I, again, I was willing to uh, to entertain the possibility that she's like a world class tennis player or something. Nope, she is a she's a HR director. Okay, right. And here's my thing: it's like if you can't hold your hors d'oeuvre plate, have your good hand hold the hors d'oeuvre plate and pick up the hors d'oeuvres with the bad hand, because those hand. aren't as heavy. Just pop them in your mouth, chew, and move on. Right. But the fish eggs would fall off of it. Uh. <laughs> right, and now she's, yeah, and everyone now is losing their collective shit on the internet. It's like, why the fuck would you do this to your nephew? You're, you're a bitch. And she's like, this outrage is so unwarranted. So unwarranted. Where is I'm, my pumpkin spice? I'm setting an example. Ugh. Pumpkin spice it's... latte. <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently she's upset that some people are calling her the worst aunt in the world. <laughs> What's she gonna do? Sue them? Worse than Woody Allen and the ants? Like she states, "Oh, I adore this child. I would never want to hurt him. He would never want to hurt me." What? Um. Hmm. So. <sighs> so why why did we do this? So uh, um, if if she accepts the fact that he had no malice aforethought four years ago, I'm pretty sure that that, that alone would pretty much get the get the suit thrown out, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like why wouldn't she have done that? Yeah, why wouldn't she have done that? If it was an accident committed by a minor, like um, I'm I'm sorry, my friend Brendan isn't here. He's a paralegal. I'd love to hear his opinion on this. But well, and here's the thing that just boggles my mind. Okay, she's she's claiming she was it was supposed to be a homeowner's insurance, uh, you know, case. I was like, then why didn't you file it four years ago when it happened? Why did you wait four years, then do it? Would that fall under homeowner's insurance? She was injured on the she was injured on the family's property, so uh, okay. I don't I don't know. See, that's the thing. I mean, may, maybe next time we'll ask Brendan about that because I mm. don't I honestly don't know this, but I'm gonna say this much. My next story, oh, mmm, it's delicious. It's so delicious. Sean, cue up the cue the music. Oh, uh, what 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 which one? People's Court theme, Sean. Uh, what? What? The People's Court theme. Oh god, I lost it. I thought I thought you, I played it. I I prematurely people's courses. Oh, we can just make our own music. <laughs> I closed the window because I thought you were done with it. <laughs> okay. So, interestingly enough, so who here has heard of the app Periscope? Uh, not high. So it's a streaming app. 
where you know you can shoot video, streaming video on your phone or on your tablet or whatever. Right? Thank you. <laughs> did you not hear it the last segment? Yeah, I did. I just I wanted them to keep. I want it again. Yeah, I want it again. Oh. Here's 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 what I love. <laughs> you always get these stories of people doing dumb stuff while streaming. You know? Well, no shit. Yeah. Here here's one. It's America. You, here's one. I bet you haven't heard, Brian. A woman using Periscope, a video streaming app, streamed live that she was shit-faced while driving a motor vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yep. decisions that will hmm. yep. fall against oh, her. Oh, no, and here's the funny thing, right? Not only did she do that live, so there's, there's records of it, right? Right. The cops actually found her via the app and pulled her over. <laughs> and when they flipped on their lights, she like she went to pull over and then like like literally wrecked her front wheel on the hey, curb hey, and just hey, kept Jerry, driving. Jerry, you believe this chick? Oh yeah, just yeah, yeah, just uh, get get your phone out. Woo! Yeah, yeah, right. That's great. Uh, it's the it's, police are inviting you to a video chat. Yeah. Pull over. <laughs> pull over now. <laughs> Oh, no, it's, it's great. There's a dispatch video, and, like, literally, the video was turned off seven times, and the caller was unable to provide a vehicle description other than it was a Toyota, right? So they're watching the video. Someone else was watching the video, called the cops, and said, hey, this chick is, like, literally claiming she's drunk driving around town. So then the cops flipped the video on, and they're like, oh, I know where that is. Better pull her over. <laughs> and so she drives him into the curb when they pull her over. Doesn't stop. Keeps going. <laughs> it doesn't break. Fails field sobriety tests. <laughs> and I don't. I don't Cracker know. iPhone screen. <laughs> I. I don't know what's funnier, the fact that even drunk, I don't think I would be ever drunk enough to like whip out my phone because in Maryland it's illegal to use your phone <laughs> while driving. Yeah. So that'd be a double whammy. You get a fine for using your phone while driving. And then I, while driving under the influence. I think that that's going to be the lesser of the offenses if that ever happens here. Just well, saying. that's the thing. I think she's in Florida. Well, I don't. Is Florida one of those states that I don't, don't allow uh, phone I mean, let's, let's, let's weigh the options here. It's like you're driving drunk. Most states have an employee. But you had your phone in your hand. Right. That's going to carry a bigger offense. Oh, no. I just. Uh. You had your phone in your hand. I mean, you were drunk as a skunk, but you had your phone. You were talking. In- your hands. Your you are not hands-free, sir. Your, your, you? your breath literally smelled like Goldschlager and Everclear, but God damn it, you are not supposed to be playing Angry Birds <laughs> while driving your motor vehicle. <laughs> no. I need a high score. But I was having a high score. High score. High score. Jesus, do you want a breath mint? <laughs> oh. You know, you know I'm, I'm weirdly reminded of that one movie, um, The Next Three Days, where Russell Crowe, Goes to YouTube and figures out how to carve a, oh, yeah. a, a bump key or a skeleton mm-hmm. key, <laughs> and he uses it to try and break into a police station. But the, the police catch him and ask him if he knows what a bump key is, and and I and I immediately marked out uh, while well, well, my friends are watching this, like, oh god, the cops know about YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this proves it. They're, they're 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 becoming amazingly tech savvy. Oh jeez, what you want to do, right? Ugh, <laughs> oh, man. That just cracked me up. And then I was like, would any of us have ever gotten drunk enough to do that? Um, no, I, I like, here's the thing, like, I think... A bump uh, Brian, I can speak driving, for you. Driving. <laughs> Brian, I can speak for you. Uh, you know, co-host... Uh, me being co-host of One Drunk Geek and 
Yes. And Brian, you know, because we do review beer. <laughs> yeah. And which, by the way, we, we can attest that you are, too. you, Colin, are our <clears throat> majority transportation to most of our set events. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so. and like, I don't know if you have it built in you, but like, as soon as you get into a drunk mode, you're like, I'm, there's no driving involved. Yeah. No. Yeah. Normal. Well, yeah. Because that's the thing. Normally, I'm not, no. I'm not drinking anywhere near the amount you two are. Right. Ever. No. Now, you know, you want to know something funny, though? When I was, um, when I was learning how to drive and I was going, my mom would always tell me, like, hey, let's get in the car and go down to Weiss. And uh, there was one night. Weiss. Because, like, it was just a stretch of road. So I remember one night I was just, like, buzzed like a son of a bitch because I had, just been, I had, like, three really high alcohol quality of beers or whatever. And my mom was like, hey, you want to drive to Weiss? And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I literally got by the field. So I'm like, I turned it over and I was like, oh, shit, what am I doing? And then, like, I was just like, hey, well, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I guess I'm okay. So, and then, like, I came up with some bullshit. I was like, you know what? You drive next time. So, whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah, that was, like, one of the scariest fucking things I've ever done in my life. Hey, kids. Don't be like Brian. <laughs> drive sober. Yeah, no, 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 no. Ski and scoot. I was just going to roll my bicycle. To be serious for a second, please be responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be like uh, Brian. Uh, uh, I, also, I also like to add, uh, the kids at home, uh, don't be like Sean, who whenever people are talking about uh, about driving drunk, his, uh, he, uh, he nearly plays the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, those of, those, form. those of you young kids with working soundboards. Mm, fair enough. Well, all right. I'm gonna end, I'm yeah. gonna end tonight on a very happy note because I don't know who else is aware of this. I mentioned it to one or two other people. Jordan. Yes. You're a Monty Python fan, aren't you? A little bit, yes. Did you know? Did you know that 14 minutes that were cut from the original film, 14 minutes of uh, Terry Gilliam's animated sequences, have been found and are now on YouTube, free to watch. Uh, fr- from Holy Grail, you mean? Mm-hmm. That sounds. That sounds like what I'm going to be doing uh, when I get home tonight. Yep. Fuck yeah. Also, also interestingly enough, I don't know what it is about filmmakers. Wait, 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 wait so you're telling me that the animator didn't have a heart attack there? <laughs> nice one. Very good. Well, well, Python's flying circus. Well done. They lied to me all these years. Those sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but interesting. There's been a lot of developments with film studios like Paramount. I don't know if you, Sean, this might be of interest to you as well. Yes. Paramount actually took a hundred movies and released them for free on YouTube. I what? saw this. Huh? I saw this the other day. I have no idea what's on the list, but I saw that and I was like, oh. hey, I'll look that up. But no, it's. They're they're and they're free to watch. By the way, I want to point that out. Free to watch, hmm. not not pay yeah, to send watch. Me a link. Like you you fuck you, on, Netflix. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's any. Uh, I think it's any sort of. This music's so jaunty. I know, isn't I it? I feel like I'm in a parade right Another, now. And well, this... it's, it's a march by yeah. John Philip Sousa. And, yeah, John Philip Sousa, you know? <laughs> the Liberty Bell March. Always, always, you know what? No matter how slow the show gets, you always fall and back to the Philip Sousa. Always, always fall back. Fall back and here Sousa. come the four-year-old cheerleaders, and uh, oh, they they're down. <laughs> oh, and there they go, breaking their aunt's wrists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goddamn epidemic. <laughs> And, <laughs> and here come the Masons and the Clown Cars. Oh, here come the Masons and the Clown Cars. Mm, yes. I, I thought that was a Shriner thing. Yeah, well, I don't know. They're, they're, they're kind of intertwined, if I remember correctly. I'm maybe, I don't know. Uh, what was it? The, Sh- the Shriners and who else? What was the other one you mentioned? The Masons. Sh- he mentioned Shriners. No, 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 no. Masons. Masons and Shriners are completely different things. Well, anyway. 
any Moving way. on. Yes, hang on. Let me put it up here. Sorry. I mean, I, I just assume that they, that they secretly rule the world, and that's that's fine by me. Yeah. None, none of my business. Yeah, it's... But yeah, so... I was, I was invited to become one, and I was like, I'm good. What, a mason or a shriner? A mason. I was like, I don't want to do that. Masons are the ones that have the secret handshake, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. And have those outrageous parties. And have those rings. Outrageous parties. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. Anyway, so... Alright, I can't find the list right now. I'm not even gonna bother. Yeah, I think I figured. So, uh, so I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that, that, that these movies are, aren't like public domain or anything, right? They still have valid copyrights, but I think so. Paramount's I think Paramount's just, just, just nice enough to release them, them yeah. for free. I think so. I think they're trying to do it. It says like they're trying to do it to sort of yeah. to that, sort of take take into account with like a Netflix, HBO Go, Amazon Instant, Hulu. That actually kind of um, oh here it is Paramount uh, Paramount Vault. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, so yes, look for that if you want. There's also a similar service that Warner Brothers is doing. Uh, they're doing like a legacy line now. I wouldn't expect it to last very long though, because they're gonna lose. Uh, according to according to the industry, they're gonna lose like 150 million on Pan. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, they're gonna lose that. They're gonna lose it. There's actually a um, service that Warner is providing right now where they have movies that they're not doing prints of right now like runs but if you go online and you ask for that movie they will print one off for you which is really cool so like, like a film print yeah well, well not like a dvd so like if there's something that you so want to burn like, you a dvd pretty much it's like a burnable DVD. i was all excited sean and i were all excited for a moment it's like oh film print i mean if oh. you ask nicely maybe be nice yeah and then you're like dvd i'm like oh way to cop block me Thanks, bro. Yeah, I actually did catch an article that said that um, that Warner Brothers is, make, is uh, probably making more money on like uh, Arkham Knight and the Mad Max video game than they are on any of their movies this year, including the Mad Max one. Go figure. <laughs> well, all right. So, honestly, I don't think I don't I don't have any other news elements. Um, I know Jordan, you wanted to talk about The Martian. I kind of want to say that for next week because I'm actually going to see The Martian this oh, weekend. I want to go see it too. I want to go see know, Matt Damon. By, by all means, man. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, or actually, I'll lead off by saying it's a movie worth seeing. It's, yeah. it's, okay. up, it's up there with my favorite of the year. Actually, you know what? We're actually all going to, so we're we're all going to Buffalo this weekend to go to Buffalo Comic Con, shoot stuff for BGN Comic Shop and for One Drunk Geek. So actually, we might just do an extra episode because we're going to have all the stuff with us anyway. Yeah, well, most of the stuff. The most board, of it, not the board. But you've yeah. heard it here first. You so had it here first. We might just do an extra episode yes. this week. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. If not, definitely next week we'll get our review of the March. We're going to have some downtime. Why not? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Billy West for coming on, and make sure you listen to Billy West Podcast. You can find that at... Hang on. I have it up here. www.billywestpodcast.com Look for Episode 7, releasing soon. And last but not least, I'm Colin Kakamas. I'm I'm Rocky Diamond. I'm Jordan Hazelwood. I'm Brian Massey. And I'm Sean Holmes. And you're boldly going nowhere. It's good to be back. Yeah, true. Don't you... Boldly Going Nowhere is a Castwave Studios production. For other shows and more, visit castwavestudios.com.
Wow, that sounded great.